0: You also did Johnny Dollar. Do you have any recollections of that show? Now, that was pretty early, Johnny Dollar. I tell you what,
1: that's where I first met Edmund O'Brien. We became great friends. He was Johnny Dollar. Then there was another Johnny Dollar uh, named John Lund. Mm -hmm. And then there was another one named Bob Bailey. And maybe there was another one after that. But through the years, it was funny, every time... They got in the soup. I, uh, you know, uh, I forget who produced it. Jack Johnstone. That's right. Right. And there was somebody else before him, maybe Norm MacDonald or somebody. But They would give me a ring because I knew the format so well. I could write it quickly and make it work. Lo and behold, I find out that I own more of Johnny Dollar than CBS does now. I own all the scripts I ever wrote for them and we have discussed from time to time making a television series out of it. But that's all we've done is discuss it. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, the refreshing, delicious treat that gives you chewing enjoyment, presents for your listening enjoyment, John Lund as... Johnny Dollar.
2: Tom Benson, Johnny. If You like traveling?
1: Not particularly. Why?
2: About six months ago, we wrote two policies. A man and his wife, Harrison, and Maida Langley. Double indemnity. 125000 each.
1: You got a death claim already?
2: No, but we're liable to. Got a letter from the underwriter. It says Langley claims somebody's trying to murder both him and his wife. Where do I go? Sundown Rubber Plantation. Kuala Lumpur. Federated States of Malaya.
1: Well, I should have my passport around here somewhere. <laughs> The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum bring you John Lund and another adventure of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator, yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Friends, the makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum present these weekly adventures of Johnny Dollar because they know that millions of you enjoy Johnny Dollar. That's true of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum,
3: too. Often written by the just hurt E. Jack Newman, the fourth actor to voice Johnny Dollar, John Lund, grabbed the role in November of
1: 1952.
3: Lund had starred with Olivia de Havilland in To Each His Own, with Marlene Dietrich in A Foreign Affair, and with Betty Hutton in The Perils of Pauline. In spite of radio's falling ratings, in March of 1953, Wrigley's Gum signed on as sponsor. On Tuesdays at 9 p.m., Dollar peaked in May with a 7.3 rating. Among the writers who contributed scripts along with Newman were Les Crutchfield, Blake Edwards, Gil Dowd, Morton Fine, and David Friedkin. On March 8, 1954, Dollar's expense account took him to Southeast Asia.
1: Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Home Office, Washingtonian Life Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the terrified Twan matter. Expense account item one, $1,043.50. Airfare and incidentals between Hartford and Kuala Lumpur. I checked into the Coliseum Hotel and then walked over to Batu Road and the offices of George Allister, the rubber and tin broker who doubles in brass as your Malayan representative.
2: Oh, filthy climate, Dollar, filthy. No man in full possession of his God given senses would ever live out here. I don't understand why you came. Well, you wrote about the possible forthcoming
1: murder of some policyholders, Allister.
2: Oh, yes, the Harrison Langley business. How to rough this talk about murder. Dismal obsession of disordered mentality.
1: I wrote that letter only in
2: the line of duty. You don't think there's anything to it? Oh, beastly nonsense. A jungle's breaking Langley down. He's a weakling to start with. No moral fiber. Uh, turn that fan up a bit, huh? Yes, fellas disintegrating under the strain of trying to run that rubber plantation. Then there haven't been any attempts to kill Langley or his wife? Oh, no, sheer delusion. Concepts of a diseased mind. Uh, checked with the police. No reports made. Oh, no. Jungle's got him. That and the filthy terrorists. His plantations in terrorist country? Hmm. Uh, sundown some forty-five miles north of here. Everything north of koala's in terrorist domain. Filthy blighters. Ambushing traffic. Attacking villages, plantations, murdering, burning, slashing rubber trees. No man's in his right mind would live in this filthy country.
1: Yeah. How do I get out
2: there? Oh, i an a car. Only way to travel through the jungle. Take your own chances, though. Might be blown up by landmines. I won't take any responsibility.
1: I'm not asking you to.
2: So you You make your investigation if you have to, Dollar. Won't get you anywhere. At a waste of time. Then go back home to the States, out of this filthy climate, beastly country.
1: Uh huh.
2: If you hate this country
1: so much, Alistair, why do you stick around?
2: Uh, very good question. I asked myself that many times. I always came up with the same answer. What's that? Making too much money.
1: Well, that sounds reasonable. Expense account item two, $120. Rental of a 1949 Ford, completely equipped with armor plating and bulletproof glass. The jungle trip was hot, but fairly uneventful. And only the barbed wire enclosure and the armed Malayan guards at the entrance to the sundown plantation gave evidence that this was anything but a quiet, peaceful land.
4: Good afternoon, Tuan. May I have your identification, please?
1: Yeah, sure. Here it is. Hmm.
4: Tuan Dalla. You are here to speak with Tuan Langley? That's the general idea, yeah. I think perhaps it would be wise for you to speak with Tuan Crawford first. Crawford. Who's he? He is the plantation overseer, Swan.
1: Why should I talk to him instead of Langley?
4: Swan Langley is not well at the moment. He is still suffering from the shock. What shock is that? His wife, Swan. She has disappeared.
1: Well, in that case, if you don't mind, I think I'll see Mr. Langley. the screen door I could see part of the interior of Langley's house there wasn't a sign of anyone around but it looked cool and inviting in there too good a bet to pass up
0: you take one more step into this house and I'll kill you
1: well thanks for the warning
0: I mean it every word of it you're not going to murder me the way you did Maida. no not a bit of it you didn't expect me to be waiting here ready for you when you came sneaking in did you no
1: I'll bet you didn't you win on all counts Langley now, suppose you put that thing down and let's start talking sense. Not a move, I say.
0: I know you're kind. Sneaky, tricky. Tried to get me off balance.
1: Look, my name's Dollar. I'm an insurance investigator. Washingtonian Life sent me out.
0: You're lying. George Alistair told me they wouldn't do anything about it. Wouldn't send a man halfway around the world to help me. He was right. I've got my
1: identification here to prove it.
0: You have identification?
1: How do you think I got past those guards at the gate? Here. Take a look for yourself. What are you? Thanks. Hmm. Thirty-eight caliber Webley, isn't it? All right, go ahead. Use it. I think I'd rather have a drink first. Over there, the liquor cabinet. Thanks. You might take a good look at those papers while I'm mixing one.
0: But these papers say you're. You're Johnny Dollar, an insurance investigator working for. Why? I'm sorry, Dollar. Dreadfully sorry. Please accept my apologies. Forget it. Now,
1: suppose you tell me what this is all about. Oh, it's been a nightmare,
0: Dollar. Constant threats against my life, terrorist raids, living in fear 24 hours a day. Sleeping with a gun at my side, seeing this plantation ruined before my very eyes, and helpless to stop it. It's no wonder I'm not responsible for my actions.
1: Langley, it's not your plantation I'm interested in right now, it's your wife. Maida. Well, she's disappeared, hasn't she?
0: Oh, yes. Yes, of course she has.
1: Good Lord, man, what do you think's got me all upset this way? I was beginning to wonder. Well, let's start with your wife and go on from there. What makes you think that she's been mar- now, What's the trouble here, Mr. Langley. Trouble? One of the yard men told me he heard a shot fired. There was, accidentally. Guns don't go off around here without a reason, mister.
0: There's nothing to get excited about, Crawford. Mr. Dollar's an insurance investigator. Insurance investigator? So the vultures are gathering for the feast before the
1: body's even cold. That's enough, Crawford.
0: Nobody's asking you for your opinion.
1: I don't need to be asked about something like this. If Mrs. Langley was my wife, I wouldn't be wasting my time talking to insurance men.
0: Then let me remind you that Mrs. Langley is not your wife even though I'm certain that two of you wish you were. Well, you dirty okay, little... Okay, Crawford, hold it. If you've got anything to say, suppose you tell it to me. Yes, that's a good idea, Crawford. Instead of my saying anything, why don't you tell Mr. Dollar all you know about the disappearance of my wife? That might help clarify things in a hurry. Okay. I'll be outside in the jeep,
1: Mr. Dollar. I'll take you on a personally conducted tour. That way you'll be sure of getting the truth from one... Well...
0: There's part of your answer.
1: Yeah? How's that?
0: Well, it's obvious, isn't it? Crawford's in love with my wife. They've been carrying on behind my back for months. If anyone has a motive for trying to kill me, it's Crawford.
1: Yeah, or it could be the other way around. That's been going on for three, four months now, Mr. Dollar. Crazy idea Mr. Langley has that somebody's trying to murder him and his wife. What makes you think somebody isn't? He says he gets threatening notes and telephone calls. Only nobody else has ever seen them or heard him talking to anyone.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Now, what about Mrs. Langley? Oh, he was driving her nuts. Walking around afraid of a shadow. Carrying a gun every place he went. Spying on her and me. Trying to find out if something was going on between us. Was there? you knew Mrs. Langley, you wouldn't even think of asking that question. But I don't. And I'm still trying to find out what happened to her. Well, I'll show you. Hey, you see where the barbed wire's been cut? Those young rubber saplings have been slashed? A terrorist raid? Looks like it, doesn't it? Well, what's this got to do with Mrs. Langley? The guard who met you at the gate, Bandar. He found the fence and trees that way, making his rounds this morning. He also found a sleeve torn from one of Mrs. Langley's blouses. It was covered with blood. And no one has seen Mrs. Langley since last night. You figure the terrorists took her with him? I think Mr. Langley staged the whole thing to make it look like that. Yeah? Why? He's in debt. A 50,000-pound note on the plantation is coming due in 60 days. His wife's insurance would cover that nicely. Well, it's an interesting theory. Let's go back, huh?
4: Mr. Langley, Bandar. He has left for Kuala Lumpur, sir, some ten minutes ago. Why? Did he say? Oh, no, sir. I only know that one Langley received a telephone call, and then he left. Did he leave any message for me? Uh, I do not know if it was a message, sir, but uh, he made some strange comment concerning yourself. Uh Oh? What was it? He was rather excited. I did not get all the words, but... It was something about giving you something to really investigate. And that was all? Yes, sir, that was all. Then he took a forty-five caliber automatic from the gun rack and left. Where's the phone, Banda?
2: Yes, that's right, Don. I did speak with Langley a few minutes ago. Uh, Nothing important. Just a routine business question about a shipment of rubber.
1: You're sure that's all it was, Alistair?
2: Of course, ma'am. What's the matter, Dollar? Is filthy heat getting you down, too?
1: Did either of you say anything about Mrs. Langley?
2: Maida? Yes, she was mentioned casually.
1: Casually? And he didn't tell you that she's disappeared, possibly been murdered?
2: You being serious, Dollar?
1: Did he tell you anything about it?
2: No, not a word. Matter of fact, I was the only one who mentioned Maida. Perfectly casual reference, as I told you.
1: Well, what did you say, Alistair?
2: Merely that i just finished having a drink with her at the Coliseum Bar. <laughs>
3: Wrigley sponsored Dollar until August. Lund's last episode was the Upjohn Matter on September 19th.
1: Friends, here's a suggestion that'll help you go through a busy day feeling more relaxed and satisfied.
3: It seemed that, like many other radio shows, Johnny Dollar's time on the air was coming to an unremarkable end. However, the show would be revived the following year. Bob Bailey would star, and Jack Johnstone would direct. What do you remember about the changing character of Johnny Dollar when Bob Bailey took over? The well, of game? course, I knew
1: nothing of the show until I took over. i had never even heard it. I knew John Lund, but I'd used him on Hollywood Star Playhouse or one of those shows and Eddie O'Brien. Eddie incidentally called me one day after Bob Bailey took over and said, would you give me Bob Bailey's phone number? I just want to tell you and tell him that I think he's doing one hell of a great job and so much better than anything I could have done, That it's, which was very nice.
3: You'll really enjoy it. So do what millions do. For more information on Bob Bailey's run as Johnny Dollar, tune into Breaking Walls,
1: episode one hundred
3: two